Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sanderlanch podcast. This week, we are covering Mistborn, The Final Empire, chapters 8 and 9. That's right. I got it the first try with no problems at all this time. Nice. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> in these chapters, we meet a Mistwraith, finally. We meet a Terrasman. And then in chapter 9, we kind of skip over what I feel like would be first the Rocky training montage and then like Vin's My Fair Lady montage. That's how I picture <laughs> what happens in that chapter. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. My revolution carries me in a moment lost in Thanks, everybody. I am Data, and with me is... Jack. Jamie. And I'm Joe. (laughs) I'm glad that y'all sorted that out. Usually we uh, establish what order we'll go in, so there's no confusion beforehand. But see, you you guys managed it perfectly. We're all good. Oh, we forgot to do that. (laughs) Yep, I was thinking the same thing, but you, you guys pulled it out. Way to go. So what did you guys think of these two chapters overall? Pretty cool. They're a bit shorter than the last couple, which was nice. Um, but we're, so, you know, beginning to see a bit more about the world and the plan is finally beginning to take shape. I was not prepared for the time jump in between the two chapters. I didn't realize we'd come mm. to the end of part one. Yeah, it is a little bit unexpected. Although we talked about last time the possibility that there might be a time jump, but I don't think anyone seriously thought it would happen. At least it wasn't a year, and it's like so the army's all done. <laughs> but... <laughs> Let's I'm... get cracking, team. <laughs> I really liked that there was that moment between Kelsia and Vin with the, you know, like, if you can't trust me, you're not on my crew. We can't do mm-hmm. this. This is this isn't going to work. So I, I really enjoyed that moment. Yeah, that's something that we've been worried about for a bit here, that her lack of trust was going to cause some problems. So I guess they called it out at least. I guess they had to at some point. Like, it's just been going on for so long. Mm-hmm. Well, a whole, what is it now? They actually got started meeting each other in, like, Chapter three or something so and this was chapter eight so yeah, i guess that's what five chapters four chapters five i can count Who says <laughs> I can? joe you took a breath like you're gonna say something and then you didn't say anything so uh, these chapters were were good um i liked that the eighth chapter picked up right where the seventh chapter left off which makes sense uh, mm-hmm. with how the seventh chapter ended uh i did like that we got to see kind of what a mist wraith is feel like there's probably some more there than maybe Kelsier explained to her that we don't know about them yet. And I liked I liked the Terraceman a lot. I thought he was really cool. And I'm not a big fan of time skips like that because they say it's basically two months. But I understand the need for it. They're trying to they're trying to kind of get us into the good parts of the story. So I guess that's why they they that uh, the author chose to do that, Mr. Sanderson. So you think there's something more like sinister than what he's explaining happening with the mysteries? Because he seems when he talks about it, he's kind of like, oh, you know, they're just whatever. Yeah, well, it's like it almost and maybe there's nothing. And I don't know that it's necessarily a sinister thing. It's just, you know, I felt like, oh, that was it, huh? It's like <laughs> uh, it makes me think of a slime in Dungeons and Dragons. It's like, oh, uh, nope, that's pretty much just what it is. It's a big giant thing that sucks things up. It's he not did super make a point that. He did make a point that 
this one was quite young. So maybe as they get older, you know, they can expel more parts that they don't need. You know, maybe they become a bit more skilled, a bit more terrifying, even though they don't necessarily go out of their way and hurt people. But, you know, this one's just quite young. Like, there's always these assumptions that any, anything that has to happen happens for a reason. And it's like, so, so people are terrified of mist wraiths. There's got to be some reason for that beyond just they're the things out there just kind of hanging around. Like, there's got to, to be, be a perfectly reason honest, scared though. To be perfectly honest, even if nothing else happens, if I lived in a world where this thing exists, I would be terrified of it too. It's it's not the most comforting. Because even yeah. after Vin finds out all about them, she's like, well, I still don't like them. Why doesn't someone kill them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, fair point. They're, they're so aesthetically displeasing that I think people would just be terrified <laughs> by that alone. It's like, just imagine a thing with with a ton of different heads on it and a ton of different limbs on it and it just kind of lumbers towards you and it's translucent and you can see its bones i mean that just sounds awful <laughs> you could have stopped at a ton of different heads and i think it's already like oh okay it's the hands and the hooves it's fine <laughs> well and apparently they follow people if you're roaming around because they have a good sense of smell so they're like hey they might drop some food for me <laughs> yeah see they're, they're, they're basically just big fleshy malformed raccoons <laughs> Raccoons are assholes. I, I think I'd rather have the raccoon. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you could train a mystery. I don't know if anyone's ever tried. Like, get a pet. And then you can well, give it whatever kind that. of bones you want it to look like. Yeah, we talked about that, right? How we, we think maybe the Lord Renault guy is actually a mystery. Maybe he's absorbed the body of Lord Renault and expelled everything else that he doesn't want. Right. So maybe he's like a really old, intelligent one. Mm-hmm. That Which, yeah. that is terrifying. Big jump in intelligence between, like, blah, 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 going along the round, and this guy who was super sophisticated. That is... Well, maybe it's been around hell of a since, like, the mists have been around, so that's how old and wise it is. It's just been around for a thousand years. Yeah, you know, like, they got all these spare parts, and they probably practice a whole lot playing shadow puppets with each other. Maybe he's just refined the art. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess we'll have, to, we'll have to see about that. So, this... We'll just jump into the beginning here. This epigraph is kind of a departure from the other ones, which have really sounded like a journal entry, whereas this one is, he shall defend their ways, yet shall violate them. He will be their savior, yet they shall call him heretic. He shall be he shall be discord, capitalized, yet they shall love him for it. And so I, that one is kind of out of place with what we've read so far, and I don't know if that stuck mm-hmm. out to anyone else. That seems like a creed of some kind, or like an oath. Hmm. It- it's it's sort of made me think of like the Dark Knight. It's it's like you know you know you got to endure. Everyone are going to hate you for it, but that makes you do the right choices that no one else can. Sort of speech. It totally sounds like that. Now that you say that, like the end of the Dark Knight. Yeah. He's not the hero that we deserve. <laughs> or, or, or wait, is he the hero that he is the hero that they deserve, but he's not the one they need. That's how it goes. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Epigraphs are just getting shorter and shorter. I've got a theory about... Oh, yeah, the one for nine is very short. Yeah, I've got a theory about the epigraphs, but I guess I'll save that for the theory section. Okay. Uh, and like Joe said, we jump right back into where we left off. What was that, Joe? Whoever said that? <laughs> and uh, because, really, how could we not jump right back into where we left off when Vin shoots into the air? Uh, we, Two months later. <laughs> yeah, that would be really mean. <laughs> so she's... It, terrified and just hanging in midair and Kelsier's like, yeah, it's a nice view from up here. And she's like, help, 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 get me, get me down. 
and he gives her a whole speech about how, you know, it's actually balancing's easy even with just one anchor because what you've learned when to, from the time you were walking transfers over to Alamancy, which that was a good, nice little touch. Yeah, good to know. Not helpful to her uh, when she's panicking <laughs> at the top of her right. limit. Yeah, that sure. might have been useful information beforehand. Uh, let's see. And he, he makes a joke about her being afraid of heights because he just wants to be a jerk right now while she's hanging here panicking. And uh, I like that she throws in some some British cursing where she's like, I'm not used to hanging 100 feet above the bloody street. Is Sanderson British? This is something I, pr- I should probably no, know by now. He is, uh, he is from Utah in the U.S. That's uh, I was telling Joe before the podcast even started that when looking at our numbers, like Texas, where he and I are, are from, is one of the highest states where we get downloads from. But Utah is like right there with it. And I was like, maybe that has something to do with it. People, people okay. live there like him. But – uh, now that we're talking about it, uh, the language in the books, and he's uh, he's talked about pronunciation of characters' names, and like a lot of people, uh, a lot of fantasy authors, he's like, you know, however you want to pronounce it is fine, because once you're reading this book, we're kind of creating this world together. It's stuff's happening in your head, so you could pronounce stuff however you want. But apparently, in the Final Empire, the language and names and things have sort of a French slant or origin he says in one interview that kelsier is the way that even he pronounced it but in universe they pronounce it more french it's like kelsier or however they would say that in french oh. <laughs> like he doesn't even pronounce no, it the he way he doesn't pronounce it quote unquote correctly and that was part of his whole thing about like you oh pronounce it however God. you want that's what i do yeah ah, the ultimate the ultimate you do you move yeah <laughs> and so it's like the whole voldemort voldemort thing right Oh. J.K. Rowling like oh, yeah. wanted it to yeah, be yeah. Voldemort, but because of the gigantic amount of people that pronounced it Voldemort, it became Voldemort. Well, clearly she was just wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> she was wrong about her own character, of course. I remember George R.R. R. Martin said at one point, like he doesn't do pronunciation guides for his characters' names, but and when like someone pressed why, he's just sort of like, have you? Have you read the books? Have you seen some of the names I spelled out? I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> I totally believe that. Even I don't know how to pronounce it. George R. R. Martin. Yeah, no, that that makes complete sense coming from him. Uh, also, you know, he's gonna, he'd spend like three years working on the, the pronunciation guide, and who needs that at this point? Well, yeah, but at least he's providing us with semi-regular updates, unlike some other authors who have taken ten years for a book. Crumble. <coughs> Patch <Grumpus. coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So <laughs> don't just let's not get started on Patrick Rothfuss because it's going to take me down a dark road and uh, then I'll cry later and it'll be very sad. What can yeah. you do? We're all human, I think. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes me appreciate even more, like we've talked about previously, this guy that like writes books regularly, that his books I really enjoy, and that he's even like he, he's got progress bars on his website and once a year he does this state of the sanderson update on his website where he says here's what i did this year here's kind of what i'm planning to do next year here's all the different projects that i have in mind for the future and kind of what status they're in like i think this one will be coming up the year after next this one's going to get kind of put off longer than that this one i'm still just thinking about and planning for this movie has been optioned by these people. Like he goes into detail on the status of everything. So if there's any questions, you know exactly what's going on and it's just so refreshing. I can't help but think that if a movie comes out based on any of his series, like the the three of us cannot go and see that movie because we might not be up to where it gets to. Yeah, Uh, that's true. 
I mean, you know. Uh, it'll, it'll, you'll, you'll have to go in for us and, and vet it for us. <laughs> I imagine the very first thing, if something actually gets made, maybe a Mistborn movie, in which case we would probably be there at least if they were going to turn the trilogy of books into at least a trilogy of movies, then the first one would probably be fine. But he actually, I guess the closest thing that when, came when it comes out, right? The closest thing that came to fruition was like a a thing that he wrote set on Earth called Legion that was going to get turned into a TV show. And it's about a guy who uh, has, like, hallucinations. He has, like, halluc- he hallucinates people, but those people are, like, experts in different subjects, and he uses them to help him, like, solve things. Which I won't tell you more than that, because we may someday read that. But uh, it, it was, <laughs> it was cool. about to be made into a TV show, and then they made another TV show called Legion, that was uh, that X-Men very oh, yeah. similar. And they were like, oh, well, right. we can't make this show now. They just came out with a different show called this. So that never happened. But uh, anywho, oh, let's see. Not, not a custom hanging above the bloody street. We, we, we know then it's okay. <laughs> and so he pulls her over and tosses another ingot outside the wall. And is like, okay, let's go. And even Vin, the experienced, you know, thief spent her life traveling around the final empire even she's like, wait, we're going outside the city at night? Is that really a good idea? But really, from what we see, other than a creepy mystery, they don't really run into anything out there. Um, he explains to her how to get down, basically. And then she's like, I don't I don't really think that this is... And he's like, well, you're at the top of the wall now, Vin. Either you jump, or you got to explain to the guards why a Mistborn needs to use the stairs. And, of course, he times that right when some guards are approaching. Because, of course, he did. Yeah, it's it's Kelsier. It's It's drama... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love I love the note that Vin says he uh, Kelsey has smiled in that infuriating way of his. I'm like he does do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> she already like has it down that it's infuriating the way he smiles. And it it really I mean I think the book specifically mentions like really frequently that Kelsey smiles not only because that's a big part of his character and he says it right from the beginning when we meet him in the prologue he's like I smile because the Lord Ruler thinks he's taken all of happiness or whatever and I am disinclined to let him but. I think it's also kind of a contrast to the fact that you don't see a lot of other people smiling. The Ska especially are just not happy because their life is crap. And so Kelsier is like the counterpoint to that. Kelsier is always smiling on purpose, basically. I also get the feeling that Breeze probably has a smirk on his face just because he's, he's that kind of guy. Right. I could totally see that. Like Breeze just constantly smirking about how he's forcing people to get wine for him and stuff. Yep. Yeah. I, I think you're hitting on like a much more interesting kind of theme of the book to be, at least is what I'm picking up on. It's like Kelsier or Kelsier, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> um, he, he is like, he's trying to take everything back for them and his, his mannerisms, his personality, his joviality, it, it he draws people in like a magnet because of that. And that what's, that's what makes him, I feel like an effective and trustworthy crew person is like, he 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 takes life seriously, but he also thinks the most important thing is is for people to be happy and trust one another. So I feel like that's kind of the theme of the book. It's like these people are gathering around him because you know, just like they say, a smile's infectious. It's like people want to be around happy people. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. a big po- point of Kelsier's character. I can see that he's yeah. like sort of molded this persona to try and defy the Lord Ruler and bring everyone else in so they would, so they would do likewise. I guess we'll see if that actually works out for him. <laughs> so she jumps, 
because what else is she going to do, right? And uh, it doesn't work out quite right. She is a little off target, and then she kind of panics and pulls the ingot up towards herself as if that's going to help in some way. But Kelsier saves her, and uh, he's like, you did really well. And she goes, I nearly died. He's like, yeah, it happens. Everybody does that. And he says that he thinks that you should get into those extreme circumstances early on when someone can watch over you, which I guess makes a sadistic sort of sense. Another thing that just explains a lot, like he's the the information that he is deliberately withholding is stuff that he knows she's gonna mess around with and screw up and potentially get mm-hmm. injured by. So then, once, all right, you won't learn that lesson the hard way. You'll never make that mistake again. Yeah, and uh, being this severe on her may even make her more cautious when testing out other stuff, <laughs> unlike earlier. Yeah, for sure. I, I like that he talks about how, or I don't know if it's an inner monologue or if he tells her how his master basically did push him off of something tall the first uh, time. It, in a monologue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I that, like that. That, I, that would go against his confidence. Right, right. I um, I almost wish that he, he had pushed her off. I feel like maybe Brandon Sanderson thought that would be too mean for him to push uh, push Vin off the, the wall. But I feel like maybe he wanted to do that, but he was like, I'll just say it happened to Kelsier. He kind of like emotionally does it because it's because like she re- he leaves her with no choice. It's almost as if he pushed her yeah. off because if, what, she can let herself be captured by the guards. That's probably worse yeah, than death to him at this point. So, but I think too it, with Kelsia, he had to be pushed off. Like she was brave. She went. You know, I think he he brings that up that she is she's really brave for doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, she had no choice in the end, but she did it. It was her her decision to go when she went. He didn't have to push her, whereas he was pushed. Yeah. I'm sure it's also part of him trying to build trust with her because that, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier. It's like we we get to that point where he literally tells her, it's like, at a certain point, you're going to have to trust me. And if you don't, then you you can't be on the team. Which, yeah, just makes a lot of sense. Uh, You don't want somebody on the team that you can't trust. And he's really working hard, I think, this, this evening especially, to build trust with her. This is he. He may even be seeing this as like his his one chance, basically, to get her to trust him. Uh, okay, then we get uh, we get a little talk about uh, her earring, which I don't know if anyone remembers uh, that she mentioned earlier as like the one thing that she has left over from her mom. Her mom gave her this earring, uh, and then he talks about how you can't push metal inside somebody's body, which uh, I, I feel like was just him premature, uh, not premature, like before anyone had the chance to object, like, hey, why couldn't you push on metals in someone's stomach? He's like, no, I'm, I'm going to call it out. You can't That's do that. Exactly right the thought I had when I read it as well. Yeah. It was like a perfect exposition. There we go. I know what those nerds are going to say. I'll get them. <laughs> so they just start walking out, and he won't tell her where they're going because it's Kelsier, and he loves drama. And then she hears something follow him, following and talk them and it is a mistraith and we kind of gave that a good going over in the beginning uh, our opinions on this mistraith but it's just it's an interesting thing to have out there just in the in the in the wilderness uh, chopping on whatever bones it can find whatever dead things i did think just i think i think it was the first episode i was asking about you know horses or other beasts of burden as well and mm-hmm. i think it was the first time we got a mention of those not for the mistraith but it mentions um most people travel by like yeah, was it most noble and used scar instead of horses to pull the boats along the towpath? I'm like, okay, so horses are a thing, and then the misfiend comes up and it's got all kinds of stuff floating yep. through it. That was misfiend. a misfiend. Like, okay. You got me saying it now. 
Where am I getting that word from? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sorry. For some reason, that's in my head. Yes, but the like it's it's full of all these parts of other animals. Like, all right, so there are other you know general real world animals out there. We just haven't had the occasion to see many of them. Uh, this is answering a question that's been lingering since we started. Right. And in fact, I mean, it does. I think it says he has a horse's head in there, but it also or it has a horse's head. It also points out uh, bovine hooves, which makes you think that they have cows and canine haunches, which makes you think that they have dogs. Uh, and it could be a different kind of canine and, and bovine. But those are very kind of human earth animal words. Yeah. They even mentioned a, cent- a centipede at one mentions point. A, so. It mentions a deer as well. Yeah. That's right. So it, it's giving an impression of some very earth animals, despite the fact that the rest of the world does not look very earth-like with the brown plants and stuff that comes up. It just means animals like can live in this ash-covered shit heap of a world. Yeah, somehow. Yep, there's a horse head sitting beside a deer head, and uh, Kelsey explains, yeah, you know, they eat stuff and duplicate the muscle structure they've eaten, and they get to pick which pieces they like. And she asks if they're intelligent, and he's like, intelligent? No. Not this, not one this this young. More instinctual. And he, I like that he specifically mentions he's never heard of a Mr. Eighth attacking a full-grown, healthy adult. Like, that's a lot of modifiers to add, add to this. It's like, they don't attack full-grown, healthy, adult humans. Anybody yeah. else, maybe. <laughs> yeah, kids. Children or unhealthy people. The elderly. Yeah, the ill. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that Vin qualifies in a, as an adult, so she might should be kind of concerned by this. Yeah, what is the mystery? He's going to come up and like, hey, can I see your ID? Aha, young Fair enough, point. let's go. We know that there is an Imperial High Road based on that's where they find Sazed in his carriage. So while they do do a lot of their traveling by uh, canal boat, they clearly do have like carriages and horses that roll those. I don't know how other people pronounce Sazed. I don't even know how in French uh, it would be said, or if maybe the Terrace language is different, so Sazed doesn't even like fall under that whole French thing. But uh, how are you guys saying that? I, I started with Sazed, and then I thought, no, 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 that seems a bit redundant for some reason. And then I started calling him Sazed. Yeah. Both I thought it was Sazed. Yeah. It does feel a little bit strange when I say it. Sazed, almost like... It's an ending of a word without the complete beginning of the word, or something yeah. like that. But that's how I've always done it. Yeah, I I think I said because the first time they say his full name, so I said Sazed. But then they they nickname him Says, so I'm like, well, is it Sazed then? But oh, do they? I must have missed that. Well, yeah, it's, the, kind, it's kind of infrequent. Like, yeah, Kelsier says it when they first see him. He's like, oh, you know me, Says, but it doesn't come so up that he does. much. And uh, we get a description of what Terrasman are like with long flat faces and willowy tall bodies and stretched out earlobes with a lot of piercings in the ears and embroidered garments of overlapping V's in different colors. I feel like it, it, it gives a very vivid description of uh, Sazed. Yeah, it brought to mind for me like a very Tim Burton-esque character with, you know, tall, lank, gangly, but then the, the earlobes and the piercings kind of gave me more like of a tribal thought mm. so i'm not sure mm, yeah. exactly how i would describe him but i think that's kind of as close as my brain could get and so the horses take the carriage and they're going to this town nearby where the we know that the fake lord renu is hanging out and they have uh oh yeah that's when uh kelsier thinks that she's a brave one because gemmel had to push him off the wall the first time 
and then they have the discussion that starts out really weird to me where Vin's just like, so he's, he's older than your brother's older than you. Huh? How, how often did he beat you? And it's like, that's just like polite conversation for Vin is like, Oh yeah. So, so you got an older brother. How, 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 how much of a beating did he give you? And Which, it's like this, this seems to be the first time that really just twigs to Kelsey. It's like, God, you really have had a shit life. Yeah. Also, this isn't normal. People like people's siblings don't just go around beating you. Like it's that's not a normal thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like when she's like, Oh, uh, he never beat you, huh? Oh, so how did you escape his beatings? He's like, No, no, no. He never tried <laughs> to beat me. That never happened. Your little brother, Joe. Did did you get beat on a lot? Uh, not a lot. Some, sure. <laughs> it was usually uh, it was usually not me having to run away. It was usually a parent intervention, but obviously she didn't have that. So. Oh, now everyone's sad. <laughs> um. So and then we find out some interesting stuff about Kelsier's background because his mother was uh, basically got away with pretending to be a nobleman or a noblewoman so that him and his brother grew up as like illegitimate but privileged noble children until someone discovered the truth. Which like, man, like their mother must have had that con going for years. Like yep. how does she maintain it and what the hell brought the truth out? Yeah. It really makes you wonder like if she got away with it for so many years, at what point was it like, I figured this out. Like, how does that happen? explains a lot about Kelsier and, and how much he knows as well and, mm. and how he behaves. Like, so not only, you know, he, he's Scar, but he's lived a totally different life to most Scar. Mm-hmm. And the the skills like that he's learnt and, and, and what he knows about noble behaviour makes him different. He's got an understanding of how they work, which is definitely going to be an asset. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that. But it's like he knows noble society well enough to uh, probably be better than your average person at trying to bring them down. Vin's like, what's going to stop me from running away from you? And he's like, uh, nothing, because you are free to go where you want. And then he gives her all the money that she helped scam and says that she can leave, you know, whenever she wants. He'll even he'll teach her the last two medals and she can go on her way if that's what she wants. And... She's just still suspicious, like he's trying to trick her and him, her in some way. And then she brings up what she knows, or should know, is going to be a sensitive subject for him. Because he's like, there's no betrayals in my crew. And she's like, except one, the one that sent you to the pits. And he's kind of like, that takes him by surprise a bit. I think that's her, like, like every, every interaction they have, Kelsia has control of the conversation. He's um, mm-hmm. he's the one continually wrong-footing her. This is the one time she catches him out, and I think she might have didn't like done that specifically to just for that one fleeting moment. Like I'm the one saying uncomfortable things to you. Let's see how you take it. Like may- maybe not with any sense of malice, but just so she has some sort of like just that little touch of control in their relationship. Yeah, I can see that. that makes sense. Because she really didn't have any control in her entire life at this point. No. And Kelsey does not want to talk about the traitor thing. It sounds as though, like, he knows there is a traitor, but he doesn't want to think about it at all. Like, it mm-hmm. seems really sensitive. So I have a bit of a theory about that. Uh, but, yeah, I'll hold on to that when we get to the theory portion of the episode. Okay. Everyone's holding their stuff for predictions now. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a theory on that. I'll hold it in two. Oh. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, hey, man, you set the format. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a theory portion at the end. It's a predictions portion. It's completely different. Okay. Oh. <laughs> as far as you, everyone knows. Uh, okay. And then he gets to the point where he's just like, okay, she's not going to trust him at all. Turn around, says, we're going back. And we kind of discussed this already, too. Like, just this is, was an important moment for them to just work this out. Like, are you on the team or are you not on the team? You can't be halfway on this team. And eventually she says she's going to stay, but not because she trusts him, because she wants to see what happens. It doesn't really resolve <laughs> anything. She still doesn't trust him. You know, but know. whether she doesn't really trust him or if it's, uh, you know, she's just going to say, look, I don't trust you because she doesn't want him to have that. You know, I think she is starting to trust him. But if he knows that she trusts him, then she loses that edge. That's the way I read it. Yeah, I like she, she wouldn't stay if she didn't have some trust in him, but she can't let him know. She can't let him win the conversation. <laughs> so we get uh, <laughs> we, we get a description of Felice or uh, Felice. Sure. I'm, that's what I'm going to call it as being like this rich town. It's like a, it's, it's like the, the fancy suburb where the rich people actually spend time in their nice sprawling mansions instead of the gross uh, city with all all the ska packed in there. Also, the giant keeps they have there. I feel like it's one of those situations where you're like, this castle gets really drafty. I don't know why I think that. It, it's probably nothing like that, but uh, that's just the the quote that I have in my head. It's like, the castle gets really drafty in the winter. We need a nice man. I, I, I feel like most castles get drafty in winter, right? Because it's a castle. You can't really like make it cozy. I don't know, you know, get, uh, put some windows in, get some, some shag carpeting. It's very, very 60s. It's great. Shag. <laughs> I don't know why it has to be shag, but. It's just a funny word. It is. See, there you go. That's, that's good enough. Uh, and then Kelsey is frowning at the city and she's like, you disapprove of the waste. And he's like, well, kind of, but not really. I was just thinking that it should be beautiful. And she's like, oh, it is beautiful. It's like, no, the homes are all stained. The the trees grow leaves of brown. And she's like, what do, you, what do you mean? Like, what color should they be? And he says green. And she's like, that's weird. It's like like having purple trees or something. Why would they be green? Yeah, blue sky. What the hell are you on? <laughs> but I also like that she writes it off. She's like, I guess anyone who escaped from the pits of Hathsin, uh, it's bound to be kind of weird. So it's fine. This 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 struck me. I'm just like, after all the shit you've been through with this guy and thinking he's really odd, now you start to think that? <laughs> well, he basically pitched you off a wall earlier. I think it's a sign of her like starting to accept these people and her place here that she, she's going to start treating them more like people at this point and thinking about them that way and not like the temporary uh, obstacles she has to overcome. Well, and up until this point, she's been thinking that, like, they've been purposely misleading her or lying to her. And now I think she's finally realizing, no, they're they're They really want to do all this stuff they're talking about. This isn't they're not trying to con me. They're just weird people. <laughs> uh, let's see. He, he tells her she needs to burn the metal away in the in, in her stomach at the end of the night because it can be poisonous if it's digested some of it. Which I think is something else we touched on when Dak was like, maybe this world just doesn't work like ours because some of this would be bad for you to have in your body. Yep, yep. No, it turns out. No, once again, it's like, no, just like the real world. That shit's going to kill you. Yeah. And then I think I mentioned this last time because I thought it was part of the previous discussion about burning like alloys that aren't quite right. But it didn't come up until here that if you try to burn a metal that is not one of the ten, it could kill you. 
And Don't so chew on uranium, kids. <laughs> that's got to make him hesitant to be trying out the 11th medal all willy-nilly. Yeah. Point. Just taste I mean, testing them to see which one is the 11th medal. Just <laughs> yeah, like, how does somebody figure that out without a lot of people dying first? <laughs> you, you, you imagine it's like it's like a wine tasting instead of like all these different wine glasses. They bring out these little slivers of metal. <laughs> it's a heck of a party. <laughs> okay. They make it to the mansion. It's a super nice mansion. They get out of the carriage. Vin doesn't even want to walk inside because she's like, this is it's so clean. And we find out that Renu is an extremely good actor. No, just like the, the fact that it's so clean. It's like, wow, how hard are these people working to keep this place? Yeah. Like, but they seem satisfied in doing so. Well, and of course, Kelsier was spreading rumors that Renu was thinking about paying his ska. So for all we know, that it could be it. They're just paying the ska. And they're like, you know what? I'm much happier sweeping all this ash and keeping everything clean now that I get paid for it. So what do you guys think of Renu now that we've, we, we meet him? I mean, he seems to be what Kelsier says here, like when he was describing him, I think, in the prologue. You know, he seems to be this this nice guy, treating people with respect, you know. So I think, yeah, he, he's um, he's definitely going to be able to pull off what Kelsier says about him, but I think there's so much to learn about this guy. He's, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to know what he actually is. I mean, it was your, we already know that he's not the real person. He is an imposter, so... And what he did, the, the the big secret, what he did to become Lord Renault is, um, yeah, I would think it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like to talk about it in front of people, apparently. And we get to know Sazed a little better. And uh, I'm curious what you guys are thinking about this guy who, uh, his whole conversation with Vin, I find very interesting here, especially his sarcastic response, where she's like, can you please not stand behind me? And he's like, oh yeah, sure. Just takes a couple <laughs> steps. So he's standing right next to her and still being awkward. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. I, I like him a lot. I think he's a, he's a real fun character and kind of, it's just like the fact that he's a servant or I guess in service, but that he's so, he so loves what he does and he's so well-respected for what he does. It's just a really cool dynamic, I think, for a character like him. Yeah. He just seems really unflappable. It's like in the next chapter when Vin's talking to him and shoots down another religion that he sold. And he's like, oh, well, next one. It's like, how many do you have? Oh, I got like 500 of them. I'll find one for you eventually. It's, I don't think I've ever seen a character like shopping religions for people before in anything I've ever read. So it's a very unique trait, I feel like, to this yeah, because yeah. he's basically, in essence, saying there's no wrong religion. It's it's whatever you you know whatever you believe in is the right thing for you. It's very different take on like what religion should be for for people. I guess when you it live is. in the society with only one religion allowed and it's worshiping the Lord Ruler, then it's kind of anything is better than that. Yeah, but he's just he just seems really dedicated to what he's doing, but he, but he also. Partly because he believe that's what he believes in, and also partly because he genuinely enjoys it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I, know, I like him. Says just a cool guy. Vin uh, very quickly figures out that he's very in the know about what's going on because she's nervous at first. She's like, I'm just wondering how you got here. He's like, What you mean? How a terraceman steward ended up as part of a rebellion to overthrow the final empire? <laughs> like, oh, okay. I guess uh, good. We're all on the same page. That's nice. Uh, and they have a discussion about belief, 
And Vim's almost trying not to participate in the discussion because she's like, where, where is this going? He's like, do you believe in the final empire? She's like, well, I believe that it's strong, immortal. Well, I mean, it has been so far, I guess. And the Lord Ruler, is he the ascended avatar of God? Do you believe that he is the sliver of infinity? She's like, I don't, I don't know, man. I haven't really thought about it. He's I never like, really should yeah. think about it. It's like, uh, I don't talk religion in the workplace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Respect my space on religion. She doesn't really have a space on religion. She's just like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I get the feelings, like, even if she was, like, a believer in something and, you know, one of those. Like, and, and she was like, that's that's my belief. Like, the other beliefs are stupid. He'd probably just go, well, you know what? You you have a belief in something, and that's cool. I'll, happy to, I'll happily talk theology with you on that. Hmm. And then we move into the reasons why Vin cannot be the heir of Lord Renu in this uh, play act. And really, this is just, as soon as they lay the plan down, Dak's like, well, when they lay a plan out like that, it means that it's not going to work like it's supposed to. <laughs> and this is just the very first speed bump, like, the same night that they've had this discussion. It's like, oh, by the way, that's not going to work. Yeah. There's no way that she could do that. She would be, like, her hand would instantly become one of the most sought after in all of Luthadel. Yeah. yeah like which seems Vin doesn't do so well with attention to start with. <clears throat> exactly, yeah. Right? It seems like that'd be rough for her. Although, the plan they formulate is is look, searching for searching for somebody to marry her anyway. So I don't know really what what their game plan is. I guess th- that's the guys, but really she's hoping nobody wants to they're hoping nobody wants to be with her, so it's just kind of weird. The plausibility of the plan when they're talking about it before is that she's the heir and that's the reason for being there and they're like, "Well, that won't work." Like it's not that her being there won't work. It'll be that just it's not but it's not plausible for her to be the heir when there are so many other people like that's just so far from what could possibly happen it won't work but like a distant niece introduced to court that's plausible so she'll still get attention but also not being the heir means she won't get as much attention as what she would have got before so i guess it's just refining the details more than anything like there's still a lot of the plan will still work it's just how they go about it in yeah, what role? It's true. And, I mean, really, her whole point there is to kind of spy and listen to the court gossip. And so, like, well, she can't be getting too much attention or she won't hear all the good stuff if everyone's always trying to get married to her, basically. So being kind of ignored is what we want, is kind of what they land on here. But, yeah, so it just shows you that we're going to be hitting speed bumps already. Although maybe the two months time skip, it all goes off without a hitch, right? I'm, I'm, I'm totally sure that happened. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> And then, uh, well, she has no manners at all. Uh, no offense, Vin. And as she's sitting there stuffing bread into her pocket, she's like, well, why would I be offended? <laughs> and so they're going to have it, my fair lady her. Yeah. It almost would have been better if she had, like, her mouth full of bread and be like, why would I be offended? <laughs> <laughs> no offense. No, oh, not taken. <laughs> she could have a mouth full of bread and be hiding bread in her pocket. Why, why pick one? I mean, we've already established that, like, with the um, stuff back at Clubs' shop, she stole the food and was just like, all right, that's going to go off first. I'm going to keep that. So it makes sense she would be stealing food to be like, going to need that later. But she's stealing food, but then when she goes to bed, she makes a point of saying that she, oh, wait, hang on, I left food there. Whoa. Yeah. It's a weird dichotomy for her because as she starts to eat the food, she's just nibbling at it because she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm letting, I'm eating food that was prepared by other people. And then at the end of the meal, she's like, oh, my gosh, I left food behind. So it's, it, she doesn't quite get what she wants either, I think. 
whatever you give her, she doesn't trust it. You give it to her, she doesn't trust it. You don't give it to her, she doesn't trust it. Like it's yeah, yeah. She's just gonna question everything. They're gonna have Says become her steward, and uh, Kelsey was like, I don't think he's really anybody's steward anymore, right? Hey, and uh, he's like a terrorist without a master is like a soldier with no weapon, which tells you something interesting about the terrorist and how they see themselves. But I'm just like, is that a culture indoctrination, or were they just conquered and then, like the Scarf, they were basically forced to think that way right. um, under penalty? Like, I don't know. That that's that line may be a bit uncomfortable, if I'm being perfectly honest. No, I can absolutely really? see that. Uh, see, for me, it was like, I don't know, it just seemed like in their DNA, like, because, and, and it's because he's so outspoken against the final empire, I feel like that is what they do. Like they are people who serve others, but at the same time, they, they have a very strong sense of what is right and what is wrong with in the world. So I, I kind of took it as like more of a, a noble thing. Like, no, this is what we do. It's kind of unclear at this point, because this is the first terrorist that we've met. Although we have heard about one other terrorist only, and it was the, the guy, the, pa- the, the Pac-Man from the epigraph who was apparently a huge jerk and just hateful and hateful and like spewing hate about people that he had had never met or and countries that he's never been to. So it seems very different from this one other terrorist we've met at least. Well, we also have to remember the perspective of who we think that is writing those epigraphs. So mm-hmm. yeah, and it could also be a time difference. Like we don't know when the epigraphs are written. So right, but yeah, I, I can see how it would make you a little uncomfortable. If this guy's like, no, we're we're like born slaves. We have to be a slave to someone. But, yeah. but I think less less that he said that, but more just like he did seem to take some pride in that as like a, a terrorist without a master is like a soldier without a, a soldier without a weapon. It's like that. It, it is our reason to be. That, that's that's a bit different from the scar saying this is how life is. It sucks, but it's what we got to do. It's like that's someone who was saying this is our situation, and and, and you know it's kind of that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, we'll have to see as Says develops further. I mean, I could watch Says do stuff all day. Like, I think he's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I love anyone who's sarcastic and not even... He didn't have to say anything to be sarcastic. He's sarcastic in action, and it's amazing. Um, so they, uh, Lord Renew's like, please escort them to the guest quarters. And, of course, Kelsey's like, well, I, I bought the place. I, I know where the men's guest quarters are. I got it. <laughs> and he apologized to Vin for not for excluding her. And we kind of skipped over that, but I like Vin gets offended that she's excluded from this thing and then she gets angry at herself for being offended by it. she's like i've never been in any other crew where the leader like had me in all of his plans why would i be upset now yeah i think she's like unknowingly kind of realizing oh i'm i'm changing this person is changing me because they're they're treating me like an equal not like you know someone that's beneath them or somebody who shouldn't be involved in the plan and then she gets upset with herself for realizing like oh i'm changing in thinking I'm equal to this person, I don't like that. I need to be my old self. I need to be the, the unnoticeable person that I've always been to, to survive. Change is always kind of scary, especially if you're like, don't even realize it's happening. Yeah. And especially when, you know, changes nearly get you killed in the past, which it has for her. Mm-hmm. And then we end the chapter with Vin being like, Sazed? Kelsey, he's a good man, isn't he? And Say says that he is a very good man, one of the best I've known. And she's like, I don't think I've ever known one of those before. What do you guys think? Is Kelsier a good man? Ultimately, yes. I think um, the conversation with his brother 
has proved that he he may not have always had good like the motives of a good man or the actions of a good man but the changes that have gone through him have shaped him into somebody that wants to be a good man and wants to do what's right yeah i think you? i think he's good okay and we move into part two that was remember part one was called the survivor of Hathson. so it's kind of like i guess kelsier's part in that in in or named after him at least and now we move into rebels beneath a sky of ash and a very short epigraph like dag mentioned in the end i worry that my arrogance shall destroy us all and we open up with a fight out in the mists or kind of a fight sorry just before we get to that like yeah just a thought i had and this could be nothing and may not even need to comment on it but i thought the fact that we moved into a different section now like part now we moved into part two i'm just like are the uh, are the epigraphs still being written by the same person, or is this one written by someone different? Because like that line seemed very. Oh, is this what Kelsey is thinking to himself? Yeah, I thought the same thing. That's a good point. Or it that, could be like you know the it's all written by the same person. Turns out it is Kelsey, but who knows? I don't want to say too much. I will say that that is an excellent instinct that you have, and whether or not it's right in this circumstance, you should hold on to that. Okay, cryptic. But yeah, that's, <laughs> I, 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 I like that you're thinking that deeply about it. It, it bodes well. Okay, okay. Ooh, common thread. Things are happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we won't go into all the details of the fight scene either, except for I want to touch on a couple pieces of it. But what did you guys think of this, like, first, like, actual allomancy kind of fight? I thought it was really cool. Like, it was, like, there was, there was a lot going on. You could see how all the powers work it didn't seem to be as clunky i guess because they didn't need to explain how the powers worked in the middle of the fight like we mm-hmm. we know enough basically says oh i flared this and like we get the okay cool we know what that does now so yeah it was a bit it was a bit more fast paced and we're seeing it from the perspective from the perspective of someone who winds up losing the fight rather than someone who effectively dominates most of it so that was right. that that was fairly cool um and it was nice to see what people can do to each other with um allomancy rather than against people who can't use it at all. I thought it was good to see a bit of Vin's growth. Like, obviously, two months have passed. You know, it's not a huge amount of time, but compared to the amount of time we've already known Vin for, I guess that there's a lot that would change. But to see her development and, uh, like, the skill that she's learnt, but also that she was able to sort of deceive Kelsia as well, mm-hmm. sort of just showing how she's thinking about things and... You know, she's sort of not afraid to do something like that now. I thought that was pretty cool. But, yeah, just seeing the two of them sort of go head-to-head, I thought it was quite cool. Yeah, I like – that was one of the things I wanted to touch on was her her little trick of shooting her bag of coins into the air because out in the mist, you're, they're not actually seeing each other most of the time. What they're seeing is these lines that are pointing at each other. And so she uses that to her advantage and kind of catches him off guard a little bit. Not that it lets her win, but it comes close. And then they get into the pushing match at the end, where she drops her daggers, and they're each pushing on the coin, and the coin's in midair between them, and she's thrown back into, like, a tree to help support her weight. Which, uh, I just like, I like that whole moment. I think it's a very cool moment. You know, the, uh, it comes up in Dragon Ball Z or Harry Potter, where it's got, you got the two opponents, and they're both firing stuff at each other, and, like, there's the thing in the middle, and they're trying to force it one way to each other. That sort of reminded mm-hmm. me of that. It's like, ah, oh, that's a cool little spin on that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, force force struggle basically. Yeah, basically. 
And at the end, he kind of, you know, after Kelsier wins, which Kelsier seems to win because her tree breaks that's holding her up and she falls down. But he tells her, you know, you might want to avoid getting in push matches with people who weigh more than you, which means everybody because you're tiny. And she she thinks to herself, it's like, you know, that's it's, it's really smart. I shouldn't be fighting people head on. I should be fighting more like the way I've always done where, you're you know, you're sneaky and you're small and whatever. But he gives her the squished, like flattened and bent coin that they pushed between them so hard that it like crushed it. I thought that was cool. And I mentioned to you guys that I had coins from the, the Mistborn Kickstarter. That was, they're like, what else can we put in this Kickstarter? And a bunch of us suggested, it's like, hey, you could have like a squished version of the coin, like from this scene. And so they totally included mm. that. Oh, nice. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that is really cool. They're like, send send us all photos of these coins. I'd be curious to see them. <clears throat> oh, yeah, totally. I could actually probably put one in the chat right now as we start talking about this next part. Let's see. So uh, I like that she talks in the previous chapter and in this chapter about how, like, Kamen was good at playing the nobleman because he just was just such a jerk and, like, so loud, but that Lord Renu has just this air where it's like, this guy is noble. That's how good an actor Kelsier has gotten. And then they move into the scene where uh, Vin gets a haircut that she doesn't particularly want, but she's not really given a choice. Over two months, I guess it's grown long enough that they're like, hey, this uh, you might look like a girl now. And um, her, her barber, her hairdresser is uh, not thrilled. They got like an on-staff hairdresser at this manor. And she's like, tisk tisk, you take better care of this hair. She's like, I can't, I can't perform miracles. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, Kelsier shows up and kind of takes this as, uh, oh, I'm sorry, we skipped over. Uh, Say is trying to sell her on an, another religion, which apparently he's done a couple of times now. What did you guys think of the description of this religion? Of uh... I'm a bit of a sucker for reading about various uh, mythologies and, and um, how they what you know the things they worship and whatnot and uh this one sounded really interesting to me i'm just like oh like we only get a brief mention of it but i'm just like okay i can totally see why they would think this versus this like the difference the difference between the sun and the stars and the t- and the two gods i'm like all right this sounds pretty cool and you know it's and you know it's it's fitting for people who worship the night over the day i'm like all right that actually does sound really interesting i'd like to know more and vin's like Nah, I'm good. It's like, ah, oh, goddammit. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that they were talking about the sun and the stars when, you know, th- this must be one of those really old religions that doesn't really exist much anymore because people aren't seeing the stars through the mists and they're not seeing the sun like it was because of the ash clouds and, you know, it's 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 probably something that she doesn't really identify with because she can't see these things. She, if he talked about this religion before she had that night out with Kelsier, she didn't even know what stars were at that point. Mm. So it, definitely a big difference. Apparently that's the fifth religion he's tried to convert her to. And he knows of 562 and has all of them memorized. So that in and of itself is pretty impressive. But I really like this passage just because this is where Say's like everyone has something that they're passionate about, and this is says very calmly. She's just sitting there having a haircut. It's not really the like the right, you know, what people you would call the right moment for introspection. But like he's talking about this, and like you can tell he's fairly calm about it, but he's very passionate about this, and he's like, this is this is our purpose. This is what we need to do for the good of everyone in the world. 
so I ha- I have to do this. And he and I was like, oh, this seems a bit deep for this moment. But in that instant, you get just how driven and how determined Sazed is to do what he needs to do. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that is a lot of commitment. Like he has clearly put a whole lot of work into what he what he does. Yeah. And then she realizes for the first time that all of these religions are dead because the Lord Ruler allows only one religion. And she's even more shocked. She's like, wait a second, you're trying to convert me to a religion that doesn't even really exist anymore? I, I took that as, like, you're, tr- like you're trying to get me to believe in religions was it, that have been dead for a thousand years. But, like, the flip side of that is you're trying to get me to believe in li- religions that are illegal that you can get That's killed for worship you can get mm. killed for worshiping these uh these these faiths and it's just like yeah but you're already planning to topple the empire are you still worried about that so i think i think that's just another hang up mm-hmm. of, of her being concerned with survival yeah i can see that cuz you're right he's he's told her that like this is an illegal thing that you're not allowed to do yeah but that's her whole life is being an illegal doing illegal things that she's not allowed to do i think yeah true um, let's see. And so he's like, one day, you know, the final empire will be gone and people will want to know what their uh, ancestors believed. And the keepers will be here to return to mankind his forgotten truths. So this is the first mention we get of keepers, but it comes up again at the end of the chapter. And as we all know, in this universe, keepers um, guard goalposts through which a <laughs> red ball might soar through um, in order to win the Quidditch match, right? <laughs> Yeah, pretty sure it's the same universe. Makes total sense. Uh, she lists off all the great houses for us, which you don't need to remember, and it's probably completely irrelevant, unless you play the board game, which in which you play one of the great houses of Luthadel. Uh, let's see. Major, does, he, the, she, does the board game contain spoilers for us? <laughs> no, yeah, you wouldn't want to actually play the board game right now. But, uh, and I, I won't even... In fact, even even just the title is kind of a spoiler, so we're not gonna get into it anymore. I should probably shouldn't have mentioned it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, way to way to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I was about to tell you the name. I'm like, you know what? I can't even say the name of it really uh, without minor spoilers. So we're just, oh, God, let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, it's that board game. Oh, by the way, I I did drop into the into our chat a link to uh, a picture of the currency, and I'm gonna do a second one. Here in a second to show you the flattened version. Because visuals are always good on an auditory podcast. Right. Well, you know, they can hear your reactions to the visuals. <laughs> but they're both made by Shire Post Mint and are available for purchase currently in case anyone wants to go and buy coins. Oh, you're dropping them into the Skype chat. I don't know if I can pull those yeah. up on the Xbox. Uh, oh, yeah. that's a good point. Well, um, I mean, I guess we could. you could always post it to the website, couldn't you? If you wanted people to see it. We can put it up on the Facebook or something. Yeah, I might do that, actually. Uh, probably not on the Podbean uh, website. Yeah. Yeah, I might post some of the images on the Facebook. I don't think I could do it on the Podbean website unless I wanted to use it as the image for the episode, uh, which I wouldn't do because the images for each episode are specifically chosen for reasons. Anyway. Presumably, presumably later we will find out those reasons. Well, I guess it never really comes up, so it wouldn't be... Basically, and if you if you look at the picture of uh, actually the currency uh, at some point. I know Dak can't right now, but if you do, you will see that there are symbols, and it's what in-universe is called the steel alphabet, uh, the alphabet that they write and things in, 
And the symbols represent different metals, but they also represent letters and they also represent numbers. And so the episodes are numbered with the correct number in the steel alphabet for that episode. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So anyways, interesting. Let's see. Um, she talks about the the great ten. There's ten great houses, and she goes off on a little uh, autobiography of Lady Valette Renu, who's the character that she is playing. I don't know if it counts as an autobiography if the person doesn't actually exist, but I'm gonna call it that for lack of a better word. Personal history. Anybody? Anybody else? When they read Venture, think of Venture Brothers. Huh? House Venture. <laughs> no. Can't say. <laughs> but we, we, I mean, Kelsey already attacked House Venture once. You've read about House Venture before. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the first thought that popped through my head was like, ten great houses, ten medals. Coincidence? More than likely. <laughs> <laughs> that's a no. That's a good point, Dak. Maybe, uh, maybe each of them is like specialized in one type of metal. That might be, might be have something well, to it. Well, not if the tenth medal is Atium and the Lord Ruler keeps that for himself. Good point. Yeah, I think we established earlier on that the way you become a great house is to have enough money to like build a giant palace, a keep is what they call it in Luthadel. So I think anybody who's rich enough and ballsy enough to go and build a giant thing can be considered a great house. Well, then Which... they say that Lord Lord Reno is possibly going to be joining the great houses or something. Exactly. Like, like his cover is that like he wants to do enough business to within the next ten years become a great house. Yeah. But the people who were given the power the power of Alamancy were in favor with the Lord Ruler, so it's not necessarily that they yeah a great house gets that power. Yeah. It's the original great houses, I guess, got that power. Well, yeah. Supposedly, all of the noblemen are descended from like those original. Uh, the people who stayed lo- loyal to the Lord Ruler or whatever, so that's mm. why they get to be noblemen and not slaves. True. Uh, okay, da, da, da. So she's talking about how good Vin is at memorizing stuff, and he's like, maybe if you spent less energy trying to avoid our lessons, and she's like, do all humble attendants give their masters as much lip as you? And he's like, only to the successful ones, which is a great line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And so her hair ends up looking nice. She looks like I, I like the way it's written. It's like she looked dot 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 like a girl. <laughs> and like Kelsey's finally ign- ignoring Rain's voice. Yeah, this is like the first time that she wants to ignore Rain's voice. And I, it, even in the annotations, he mentions that he's like he feels this is a significant moment for her. The first time that she wants to ignore this voice in her head. Oh, absolutely. Let's see, and then Kelsey comes back, talks about how she likes making faces, she likes to scowl, and then he and says take the opportunity while Vin is just, is uh, locked in a chair being haircut to uh, go off and have a little discussion about her. And says is like, she's like super smart, uh, she tries to avoid our lessons, and Kelsey's like, yeah, I think that's, you know, kind of her way of maintaining control over her life because she doesn't actually have any. And they discuss that she's like getting better at impersonating a noble woman, but still doesn't seem, you know, ready for the big leagues, I guess. Which seems fairly realistic. It's like you can take someone to all the practice dinners you want. It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean uh, mean that they will succeed, especially under pressure. 
Oh yeah, and you know that's gonna be a lot of pressure. At we find out at the end of the chapter, she's going to uh, the vol at keep the ball. I said vol like an idiot. The ball <laughs> at keep venture at the end of the week. Well, there's there's enough V's in that sentence, venture and vin. So <laughs> yeah, when she gets there, she's gonna meet um, two ventures, and one will be Hank, and one will be Dean, and. Um, <laughs> You guys, you guys don't like my Venture Brothers reference. <laughs> I love Venture Never Brothers. Watched it. No, I don't know what you're it, talking about. It, Venture Brothers is a great show. You, you should absolutely check it out sometime. Totally irrelevant. For years. <laughs> well, see, what better time than when you're locked up to start crossing things off your list? Because we're not locked up. We still have to work um, at our okay, respective well, yeah. workplaces. <laughs> That's a fair point. So do I, and so does uh, so does Joe. So I kind of. <laughs> Although I get to do it from home, so but yeah, it's not like I can sit here watching movies while I'm working. So yeah, they talk about how she's really good at stuff. Uh, even you know he, at Alamancy, he's like she's surprisingly good. She's only been doing this for a couple of months, and she's already like, given me a run for my money out in the streets. She's a bit so, of a prodigy. Uh, yeah, she's an Alamancy prodigy. We're also measuring this against Kelsey's assessment of himself. Uh-huh. I'm like. Yeah, like you're really only me- like you've only got your own experiences to measure measure on. He's like the variance isn't this great. It took me months and months to learn how to do this. I'm just like maybe <laughs> it could be she's really really good, or maybe you're just not as good as you think you are. <laughs> not necessarily saying Kelsey is bad, but he might not be a master. Well, you know, he's not going to admit that he's not like naturally good at stuff. <laughs> it's like she must just be really amazing because she's better than me, and I'm Kelsier. I'm awesome, right? So. <laughs> Yeah, he says that he's feeling guilty because uh, she hasn't had much of a chance to learn, and she'll probably end up executed with everybody else. And says so like, well, yeah, but that's not going to stop you from using her, right? And he says, no, no, it's not gonna. But uh, Say suggests that he take her or kind of loan her out to some of the other crew members so that they can practice, or she can practice with their medals. Specifically mentioning Breeze, it's like I hear that Breeze guy is really good. You should let her hang out with him for a bit. Which is totally something that I think you guys predicted would be happening, more or less. So that's looking good. Yeah. Well, yeah, like all those guys need their day in the limelight. Uh-huh. And we end the chapter by him talking about uh, Says is going to accompany her to uh, the, all of the functions as, you know, her steward and guardian. Because you don't send a young girl to all these parties with a bunch of people she's never met by herself. That makes a lot of sense. That's when it totally twigged that um, Says is just the Alfred to Vin's Batman. I know, right? <laughs> he's totally an Alfred. Yep. Although, he also says that he's going to protect her, and he promises to protect her with her, his life, and Kelsier says, I p- feel pity for the man who gets in your way, and specifically thinks to himself that uh, few men, Alamancers or not, would fa- fare well in a fight with a keeper whose anger had been roused. So that's a big big hint that the author just threw out in front of us to be like hey there's something going on here with this guy i was was gonna say like that surely that's got to mean he's got some abilities or some sort of power of his own yeah it it sounds like he can he can do something but it specifically excludes alamancy he's like few men alamancers or not would fare well against him so it's like he this guy's in some way really strong but it's not related to the magic that we've been learning about this whole book i pity the fool that gets in his way (laughs) (laughs) that was unexpected that was brilliant yep on that note uh mr t just uh (laughs) take us out of the chapter here 
now, now we were told talking about doing like the ending stuff in character and I was gonna be like you need to do a Mr. T ending to the show yeah but that is the end of the chapter anybody uh have any thoughts you want to put out here now that we've made it to the end of these two I okay. think things are uh I think things are heating up I think um I think we're really gonna start getting into the the thick of the things pretty soon I mean we I feel like we already have but I think each time Vin is going to be introduced to something new with the Alamancy, she's just going to get better and better. And I'm, and I like espionage spy type stuff. I feel like he's mixing a lot of genres here, which is not a bad thing. So I'm excited to like get to see her kind of in the atmosphere with these noble people and see how she can kind of put her skills to the test. You think she's going to do well? I don't know. I, I think maybe at first she'll be a little nervous, but I, especially if she goes and hangs out with Breeze beforehand, I think she'll she'll be pretty good at it. Mm. Okay. I'm a little bit worried that she's going to be a little bit cocky with her abilities. Like she she is talented, you know. She's learning more about what she can do and more about Alamancy in general. And I mean, she's going to be building her confidence, which is great. But at the same time, I think she may get a bit carried away and I think she she could be a problem down the line. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like because she is getting a lot better with her powers and she knows it, she's going to rely on them for situations that shouldn't uh, need them. It's like, you know, you hear all those stories, like all those jokes about how people say, oh, if I was a Jedi and I had the Force, I would use it to open the fridge and float myself a drink. You know, people people like who like have these powers and then they would over-rely on them and use them for things they are not meant to be used for. And when I, I feel like Vin would sort of get like, oh, I can do all this stuff now. Like, I don't need to worry about other stuff because I can do this and that's going to get her into trouble. She's going to rely too much on her abilities. I mean, she's good. She's good at memorizing the lessons, but is she really absorbing what they are? Like, she can spout the information back, but how is she going to go in a real application of this? Which I know is their concern as well. But mm-hmm. you know, how much of this is she actually absorbing, and what decisions will she make in certain situations? And I think she's, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to go particularly well. Maybe not the first time she goes in with these people, but I think you know, as she's sort of mixed amongst the nobility a little bit longer. I think she's going to think she's she's pretty good. Overconfidence. Okay. Mm. I mean, I, I got to say, I, these powers would leave me feeling pretty freaking invincible, especially pewter, like, she jumping off buildings and landing without a problem and stuff and getting hit and not, you know, feeling any pain from it because pewter makes your body stronger. That would make me feel pretty confident. So I could totally see that. Pretty confident, but we're also learning that, you know, there's there's always consequences to these powers and you know if you don't do them properly things are going to go wrong and i think that message is going to translate to to non-alamancy related things as well it's just life consequences mm-hmm. yep gotta hate them and opposite reaction and all that jazz <laughs> okay let's move into predictions because you guys have just been hoarding them up the whole episode so what do you got who wants to go first i'll go first i predict that the well i don't know if it's a prediction theory (laughs) Theory prediction. i know going against what we're supposed to do i think that the betrayer to kelsia was his wife Ah, Um, damn you beat me to it (laughs) i know that's why i wanted to go first (laughs) 
<laughs> when you're like, I have a theory on this. I was like, damn you. I bet you you've got the same theory I do. <laughs> You, um, okay. We we did not discuss this beforehand. No, we actually didn't. <laughs> That's why he's so guarded about it, and the discussion that he had with Marsh about even like despite what she did, you know, we we loved her and missed her, and you know all that mm. sort of stuff. Uh, maybe Kelsey is going to have problems with letting people get that close to him. I think there's still a lot of Kelsier that's going to be really guarded. He gives that that happy, confident air to him, but I think he's got his own issues that potentially could cause problems as well. Yeah. I it still adds don't think... another level to... Sorry, just to carry on for yeah. that, it adds another level to the bit before he attacked uh, Venture's manor, uh, where he's standing on the rooftop and thinking to myself, she should be here with me, but she's not. Mm-hmm. Like, that. Like originally it was just because, oh, because she died in the pits, but with this idea behind it, it's like, oh, this is a bit darker because like, she'd be here if she hadn't done whatever she did. Yeah, I mean, based on uh, the conversation with Marsh and Kelsier's hesitance there, that I agree, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the only thing that kind of calls it into question is, well, she apparently did end up in the pits also. So if she betrayed her husband for some reason, she didn't get anything out of it that we can tell. Well, maybe, maybe yeah, that's depending why on what it was. Yeah, I was just saying, like, um, if she got thrown into the pits with him like, and died there, maybe that's why he's less... Like he's not exactly open about, yeah, she betrayed me and she did this to me. If she got off scot-free, maybe he would hate her, but because she was in there w- uh, with him, maybe they... And then died there. He's just like, she didn't get anything out of her betrayal, so he's just bitter about it rather than angry, which mm. is a big, big difference. But maybe that betrayal as well was, you know, she had the best of intentions for it. You know, maybe it was something that was supposed to protect him and it didn't. It backfired and that's how they ended up in that situation. Possibly. Maybe that wasn't the intention to begin with. Okay. Interesting. Uh, did you have any other predictions, Dax, since she stole yours? <laughs> Sorry. No, that that, that 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 was my big one, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. What do you got, Joe? Well, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm utterly shocked. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not that shocked. It's, uh, it's just, just, uh, just partially shocked, not utterly. Right. Yeah. Moderately. <laughs> yes, moderately shocked. No, I those are that that's a really cool prediction. I wish I had something that cool to predict. I uh that's definitely not what I thought you guys were gonna say, but that's awesome. I, I hope it ends up being true. For me, I I think the only prediction that I had was that the keepers, the terracemen, they're gonna be uh, a a much larger part of this than I think at this point in the book, we we know. I think there's something that that the keepers know, some knowledge that they have besides the religions, besides the way things were before the Lord Ruler took over. That's going to be be of of a lot of significance. So I'm uh, I'm really interested. I really like the, the Terrasman character we have in the book now, and uh, I really hope that that there is something a lot more going on with them. Well, I mean, that makes sense with the epigraph previously talking about who, whoever right. was reading the epigraphs has gone there and um, had gone on some journey with Terrasmen, so yeah. that would yeah. make sense. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see if that goes somewhere. Mm. Okay. Before we get into the end, uh, wrapping everything up here, I wanted to read some stuff that we got, uh, some an email that we received at our email address, which is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. If you have questions or comments or suggestions, feel free to send uh, them there. And we received an email from Angela, who says, Hi, I just listened to the first episode of your podcast. I have been very bored in quarantine. 
which side note here when, when i read that i was like oh you you listen to us because you were very bored <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah that, that, that's heartwarming Doesn't that make you feel good <laughs> but but no don't, these, don't, don't, the, don't be hating on our first email <laughs> <laughs> these are separate thoughts it's okay angelo is super nice she goes i just listened to the first episode i've been very bored in quarantine and i just read mistborn for the first time finished this morning so this distraction could not have come at a better time my copy of Well of Ascension won't be here until next week, so thank you for providing some much-needed content to bridge the gap. Being separated from my normal reading friends has made me very eager for bookish conversation. Just wanted to offer a word of encouragement. Also, I'm super impressed with some of what y'all have picked up on thus far. And this is just after the first episode, so y'all were doing well right off the bat. Cool. Uh, she says, I really hated the prologue when I read it, though looking back, it does set the stage well. However, I didn't pick up on much for a couple more chapters. Wishing you the best. P.S. I won't send any spoilers, but I really hope you're pre-screening these emails for the newbies. To, to respond to that, <laughs> I am the only one with access to the email account. So, yes, they will all be pre-screened. So that was a nice email. Thank you, Angela. Thanks, Angela. Thank you. It'll be a couple Thank weeks you, Angela. before this because we're recording uh, episode five before episode four has even come out. But uh, hopefully you're, yeah. you're hanging with us this long until episode five. <laughs> uh, we also had I've gotten a few messages that were very kind on uh, on Reddit where I posted. Uh, one of them was actually from a user named Eljawa Eljawa who requested that we do kind of more. At the beginning of each episode, kind of more of a description of what happened during those chapters. So the people who maybe have read the book but not super recently would know kind of where we are as we discuss. So we tried that out at the beginning of this episode, and hopefully that is something we will keep doing, assuming it sounds it, – it works okay. So that was helpful feedback. Feel free to send us any feedback you have. I'm not promising that we will take your suggestions, but uh, I definitely listen to them. We want to put out a show that everyone is enjoying. And uh, – somebody else let's see right step ricky said hello there i saw your post about the podcast and i wanted you to know that i listened to the first episode and thoroughly enjoyed it i have just started reading i'm just getting started reading mistborn and by extension the works of sanderson about halfway through mistborn and it is great to hear other people's take i just wanted to reach out and let you know that the podcast is very enjoyable and i can't wait to hear more of it so thank you that Thanks, was man. very nice of you right thank step you. ricky we appreciate thank you uh, positive thoughts and, oh, there was one more thing I wanted to point out, because a certain person has commented on all three of the episodes that have gone up so far, and so I wanted to give uh, him or her a shout-out. The username Salva on Podbean has commented on every episode saying, as as he or she has listened to them, saying that uh, they're good. On the third one, it just says, love it, as always. And then there's a second comment saying, I'm from a Spanish-speaking country, so I can't tell my friends to listen. Sad face. Oh, <laughs> I was like, it's OK, buddy. You just keep listening and enjoying. That's that was my return comment. But we're we're here for you, Salva. Yeah. Joe, Joe even speaks Spanish pretty well. Better, better than me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> our, our, our mom was a native Spanish speaker, and I've always been a horrifying disappointment that I never picked up the language. For yes. Yeah. Well, she didn't she didn't try very hard to teach us. Well, she taught us all the curse words. Uh, sure. <laughs> just through us hearing them all the time. So that was something. But, um, uh, muchas anyway. gracias, Salva. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. And if anyone has, you know, uh, something they want to send, like I said, you can use the email address, thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can leave comments on the, uh, the episodes on Podbean. Please rate and leave reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts because that helps uh, 
you know, raise visibility so that other people will check out the show. Uh, any place, any place that you want to talk about us, we got the Facebook page up, the Sander Lanch, um, that I, uh, I may even, if uh, we get a lot of interaction on there, might even set up a group, uh, kind of a spoiler discussion group that the other, that the other three won't be able to see, but where people who listen to the show can talk about what we said each episode. Oh, I see how it is. Well, you can't be in the spoiler group. It would have spoilers. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. That would be bad. Uh, anyway, so thank you everybody for listening. Um, intro outro music by Miracle of Sound. Check him out. He's awesome uh, and lets us use his music because uh, he's so cool and we love him. You guys have any final uh, any final words for the audience before we sign off? I've been reading the Reddit thread and a couple of people have commented. Love how they've latched onto volcanoes. So yes, that was totally volcanoes. <laughs> I said the thing about the volcanoes. I think. Yeah, but you responded to what someone else was saying, and I was like, well, we haven't brought that up this episode. It was it's kind of it's volcanoes. Kind of volcanoes. <laughs> only the first episode where we talked about the volcanoes had come out when that person said that. They're like, I love the volcanoes thing. And I was like, oh, just wait till you get to the to episode four because we hit on volcanoes a whole bunch. So, oh, I'm going to hold on to that one no matter how wrong it is. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going it, to we, we got the volcano making metal and maybe the ninth metal is going to be the anti volcano metal. That's that's the, yeah. the working theory so far. You need it's one to a, start it's an ice metal. Ooh, Iceman metal. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Got got a Shiva and an Ifrit for Final Fantasy fans everywhere. <laughs> or just ice and fire materia. I mean, you don't have to yeah. go for summoning a whole... A- anyway, no, we're not going to get into Final Fantasy. <laughs> we're not going to do it this time. No. Thank you for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. Bring up the brother in me. I'm searching for unity. Everything is changing inside